Hello and welcome to the People in Flow podcast. This episode, here's Neville Pritchard to talk with our guest, Beatrix Schmidt. Beatrix is a sleep coach, speaker and the author of The Sleep Deep Method. She works with professionals who find it hard to switch off, who are unable to sleep through the night or who wake up tired in the morning. In this episode, the pair discuss the impact of sleep on productivity in the workplace and ways in which we can all take control of our sleeping habits and really begin to go beyond in our daily lives. If you'd like to know more about the topics discussed, click on the links in the description. So Beatrix, it's, it's, it's a delight to meet and, and to chat to you. Perhaps you could just introduce yourself briefly and tell us about the work you do at the Sleep Deep Practice. So um, the Sleep Deep Practice came from myself struggling with insomnia, really. And that was back in probably well over 10, 12 years ago now. I got to a stage of my life where my lifestyle directed my life rather than me choosing the time that I went to bed and all sorts of other things like that. So that's where the work started, is me really struggling to the point where I used to wake up with bleeding nose at night. So my body was exhausted. And I woke up one evening after it happened again and again, and I thought, this is not the way I want to live. And that's where the root of my current work is is I did whatever it took for me to get over my insomnia, have really consistent, healthy sleep. And today, what I do is, first of all, raise awareness about sleep issues and how we can design the bedtime routine to cater our lifestyles and help individuals. So in my private practice, I help individuals on a one-to-one basis to to overcome their sleep problems and mainly lifestyle-related insomnia. Yeah, and and I guess just from your own perspective, thinking back to then to now, how do you feel your life has changed as a result of the steps you've taken? I think the bottom line is my life is fulfilled truly, because I'm, I'm no longer running around doing things that I should or I ought to. I have a choice. I have a range of choices that I can make because I'm, I'm energized. And I think a lot of people misunderstand sometimes the work that we then end up doing. They think that I'm going to take away time from them. Mm. But actually, when somebody sleeps really, really well at night, it gives them back time because they're more productive. They're able to make decisions faster. Yeah. Now, I mean, one of our goals as a company, uh, as we say, is to is to energize the workplace. You know, you spend a, a great deal more of your time, whether you're working for yourself or you're working for a company, you actually spend a lot more time being at, traveling to, traveling from, or thinking about work than anything else. And half of anything else is sleeping. Yes. But what I love about the work you do is it's taking into account that aspect of sleeping and saying, let's use that time to make the rest of the time better. Absolutely. Uh, and I love that concept. Uh, and so talk to me about the key considerations that, that in terms of the work you do relating to, to sleep. So I think the bottom line is, and I'm an advocate for that, is there is no one size fits all solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. especially when it comes to sleep, because a lot of my work is 
figuring out what the individual needs. And that could be physical needs, emotional needs, and, and you look at all those different um, human dynamics, really. Because one person who's very driven and likes working and does, a, does some sort of a job that they really love are going to behave very differently than someone who their job, for example, is because they have to earn a living. Uh, they might not enjoy it as much. Uh, they might feel more stressed about it. So we really need to look at the individual. And even during my talks, I ask individuals to explore that. Because I can't possibly tell another person what they have to do in their life. They have to know what they have to do in their life. Mm. And so I give people tools and techniques to be able to really understand what's going on. And I think the other angle here is these tools and techniques are for life. Our sleep mm. changes during our life. It changes depending on what's going on. So once they really truly understand what they need, if something changes, they can look back at it and see, okay, how do I now have to adjust my sleep to cater for what's going on? Yeah, yeah. One of the things that work we've been looking at and exploring with uh, another company, uh, the Full Potential Group, is the subject of uh, neuroagility. Uh, and I, I understand that um, you know sleep is one of the six drivers of uh, neuroagility the ability to think quicker and clearer uh, and to be able to create and to learn better under pressure and I can clearly see the link between good sleep and and improved neuroagility because um, you know as as one of the factors that can impact sleep pressure when people are under pressure clearly they, they feel that they maybe don't get good sleep or don't get enough sleep so talk to me about ways in which people might be able to improve their sleeping in those situations in order to be able to be able to think clearer and to respond to pressure and actually ensure that the pressure isn't impacting upon their sleep mm -hmm. So let's start with some of the negatives. Well, why should somebody improve their sleep so it can help them during the day? I think sometimes that's one of the angles here. So when somebody doesn't sleep so well at night, their ability to react in stressful situations, to be able to be calm, uh, patient to another, uh, is all affected. So a lot of the work that I do looks at emotional stability to be able to consistently be able to react well to situations rather mm. than feel pressured and stressed out about them and that's interesting that's that sort of just going to one side for a second we, we mm. looked into some research in the workplace and management consistency came up often and one of the highest reasons for feeling stressed at work the fact that managers are inconsistent in the way they behave in certain situations and that may be related to sleep is what you're saying, I think. Yes, and I think individuals and also communication between individuals. Uh -huh. So, I mean, we all experience that day when we woke up after not so great night's sleep and we're not quite patient to, the, to another and we get moody and we get snappy and we're, we just, we feel that the, the day is dragging so slow. 
So I think we all experience that. And a lot of the work that I do now is helping people to switch off at night because the stress that we experience during the day, the challenges, the, the mistakes we might have made, we, get, we often get to the evening, and most of my clients do tend to struggle with this, is you get into bed where it's all quiet around you and then you start you start to think about what went wrong during the day. Yeah. And generally it's more negative than positive. And we start to analyze it and we start to judge ourselves. And that creates stress in the evening. And when the body creates stress, the physiological signs are also created. So, you know, there could be an adrenaline rush, there could be all sorts of different things happening in the body, which means that it's going to be harder to go to sleep because the hormones will keep us awake. And I think the, the turning into the positive, the best skills that I can help people to develop are, for example, switching off, truly not just switch off as in you're too tired, you had two glasses of wine and you drop off to sleep. <laughs> That's a different kind of switching off. It does work as a coping mechanism a lot of the times, but truly switching off and let go of the day. And sometimes people find that perhaps a little more spiritual work, but actually it's a tangible skill to be able to switch off. It's a very useful skill to be able to switch off or to switch between tasks. Mm. And it's the same thing. So letting go of one thing and starting a new thing. And I think the, the top things that I would suggest people to do who struggle with insomnia and sleep problems is, is look at, is switching off a problem? And this can also be a problem if somebody actually wakes up in the middle of the night and not able to go back to sleep. So it's a similar pattern. Because when you can switch off, no matter what happened during the day, no matter how stressed the person got, no matter how life has kind of changed or affected us, they can really switch off, rest really peacefully, truly, and wake up with energy. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's fascinating because clearly the more switched on, the more energized you are in the workplace, the higher your productivity, the more likely organization performance is, is going to be achieved, you know, that which is intended. So it's a, it's a hugely important and, and clearly benefit enhancing uh, opportunity here for people to, to look at the ways in which sleep can impact their workplace and their performance. So what would you say organizations can do to encourage that? So I think one of the things that I see today, and we've done a documentary on World Sleep Day and ask individuals on the streets, literally, the pattern that seems to be coming up is often people are afraid to talk about their sleep issues because they think the work place or the manager or the organization think that they're not as good of an employee. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, I think it's a very similar stigma that happened with the mental health yeah. um, that is now you know being so proactively um, dealt with and and people are encouraged to talk about it. I think it's similar to to what's happening or going to happen with sleep is have a conversation, start educating your employees about what they can do, that it's okay to talk about it. Yeah. 
Um, and then the other thing I think, one of the biggest things I see often when in, uh, organizations bring in wellness, some sort of wellness strategy is they don't look at the outcome. They might do, might bring in a talk, but then they don't follow up three months later and see, has this made an impact? Uh, almost, you're right. I mean, we see a lot of organizations where, you know, the word strategy and mental health awareness and well-being and um, resilience and so forth, uh, it's being kind of used in a way which says, look, we've got to tick a box here. We, we, we think it's a good thing to do, but it's just one of those people things that needs to be ticked off. As opposed to, which we've clearly been discussing so far, something that can really impact the day-to-day -day productivity, performance, consistency, um, and output of an organization. So you're absolutely right that the more we can start to look at the output of this, the more there can be a, 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 a sustained strategic and operational approach to this. So picking up on that, what sort of things do you think the organizations can really do Beatrix, to, uh, to help maximize the impact of, of, of good sleep with their, their, the people in their organization? I think one of the things is looking at more of a regular conversation. And I think that can be more simple than most of the time people think. So it can be something like a survey to begin with, to open up the conversation. It can be something that can be put on most organizations have an internet style internal uh, notice board and then regularly revisit the conversation so for example rather than just saying yes you should get eight hours of sleep at night more along the lines of what are you struggling this this month is this to do with perhaps the clocks changing what are your suggestions can they have something like where people, perhaps the employees ask a question? And if you, and they, once the employee starts asking questions, then it's easier for the organization to respond to that. Um, and I think when you do that once every three months, it's quite simple to send out some correspondence, but actually then following up on it. And one of the things that I think can be fairly easy to do is have these conversations when people have performance reviews, for example. Just another section where very simply maybe they ask the question, how are you doing in your out of work life? Or even just the informal chats, you know, it doesn't have to be anything formal here. Uh, and, and that's the same with performance generally. You know, we're, we're really recommending that anything that can be done, so if, if in, the world of sport and the world of business have, have looked at each other and, and the, the world of business has said, yeah, we can see the lessons in sport, but it's different here in the workplace. Actually, human performance is very, very similar. It, the, the more prepared you are for the day, the more likely you are to be productive, to enjoy, to energize, and the more likely an environment is going to be a positive one. Absolutely. Uh, and if that's the case, looking for what makes those small percentage differences is a major responsibility for leadership in an organization. And it isn't necessarily about 
driving and forcing and analyzing and doing everything that you know can be done being as lean as possible all those things matter let's not decry them but equally anything that helps the people perform better also matters and that's a responsibility for every individual and every manager in the organization to come together and focus on performance and everything that can help them what we're seeing from our chat is that you know encouraging good sleeping habits will help immensely and i think this is where you really look at like you said the the peak performance yeah everybody's yeah. peak performance will be different but if that person that employee goes home with a full a fulfilled feeling they will be more fulfilled and driven and enthusiastic and switched on and wanting to perform better at work as well. And you see that connection. I mean, pretty much every single client I work with, when you start bringing the two worlds together, the outside of work and the inside of work hours, and you bring them together and look at them as a 24-hour cycle rather than two separate, you know, the sense of wanting to do better in a work environment increases too because they no longer feel like the work is taking time away from them. Yeah, and neuroagility is going to be a core requirement of people going forward because change is moving quickly, the workplace is, is changing rapidly uh, and in order for us as humans to be able to respond and cope with that we're going to need to be able to have as good a thinking brain all the time as possible uh, to learn quickly to adapt to change uh, and therefore the importance of sleep here I think is increasing um, year on year absolutely and I think what's really interesting is often individuals who struggle think that it's it's gonna be extremely difficult to change but you can actually change incorrect or bad sleeping habits. I don't like to title them bad because they just how they developed. Yeah, but yeah. you can change them by changing micro habits. Literally, couple of things, micro habits that's gonna actually make a massive difference in the bigger picture. So, and that's one of the most surprising things that most people see from my work is that, oh, okay, I thought this is gonna take so long and so much work and it's gonna be even more stress, but actually it isn't. And I think one of the key elements is helping people to understand that slowing down a little is not a bad thing. Yeah. When you slow down a little, if an emergency comes in, you can accelerate much faster. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not overtired. And 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 the, and the, and the good thing is you can go faster in the right direction. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Beatrix, just uh, to conclude, and thank you, I mean, you've been through that journey yourself and you've helped countless other people to pull the benefits uh, as you go forward. Um, any last tips, any quick tips that you think, yeah, just a simple little thing that can be done that uh, would help people, particularly when they get into the workplace? So in the workplace, I think one of the top things I suggest and that helps with the physiological signs of stress and then being able to switch off at night mm -hmm. is taking breaks and I know we hear this all the time 
but how many people do we know that have lunches um, at, at their desk that that perhaps feel like they can't leave their desk because they've got so much work to do. But taking the five, 10 minutes, every 90 minutes to let your brain rest, switch off a bit. Um, I teach my clients a breathing exercise, for example. Um, that can help you to then retrain your body and your mind what that feels like. So when you get into the evening uh, routine or getting into bed, your body knows that you can switch off and you've practiced it, so it will be easier. And I think that's one of the bottom lines in in some of the work that I do is sleeping is never about sleep itself. It's always about during the day, smaller habits that we develop into an actual skill. Mm -hmm. And switching off, I completely believe that's a skill. Yeah. Just like reading or you know, speaking another language, you can develop that skill. And I think that starts with during the day switching off. Brilliant. Thank you, Beatrice. Thank you for listening to episode 40 of the People and Flow podcast. If you'd like to know more about the topics discussed, click on the links in the description and tune in for the next episode. Thank you for listening.